0: Thank you for listening to the Streams Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We are a community that strives to know Jesus and make Him known. If you like our podcast, subscribe and leave us a great rating on Apple Podcasts. Thank you and we hope you enjoy. Good morning, everyone. I brought my Bible up so I can thump it, so I can, so I can make a point later on. No, I'm just kidding. But um, it's been Sunday and we get to do this once every quarter. Once every um, every couple months or so. And the last time I was up here was in October, and I feel like that was so long ago and so much has changed, but it's also very recent in my mind. Um, since then, most of you know I have gotten engaged to my wonderful fiance, Haley. Thank you, thank you. I've also been single handedly planning our wedding, so I will take all the credit thus far. Um, And, by the way, March 18th, you're all invited to our ceremony, so come on in, March 18th, we're going to have that, no, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding, but Haley has been doing, um... no, I wasn't kidding about you're invited, I feel like that's a little confusing, (laughs) hold on, hold on, let me backtrack a little bit, you are invited, I was taking false credit for the planning, I have not been planning, hardly at all, really, I just get to say yes or no every once in a while, that's what happens, Um, but it's also been the busiest season of my life. For the most part, uh, in a good way, and I got to—I get to embark in the next season with tons of great people around me. My family are with me through this transition, and a lot of some of the best people that I know are in this room, part of this church family, this congregation, where we get to come together, um, and a new partner in life that I get to do it all with and figure it all out with. Uh, and I've noticed sometimes that life is full and busy and great and awesome and sometimes it's kind of dull, sometimes it's kind of um, maybe subpar, maybe it's mundane, maybe it's just cromulent and if you want to know what that word is, I I highly recommend you look it up, it's a great word Uh, maybe add it to your vocabulary, thank you David and Andy for that word, it's a great word (laughs) cromulent, look it up Um, but life ebbs and flows and the way we react to what we're experiencing uh, greatly dictates how we see life. That's why I'm up here teaching on this subject because I have it all figured out. I have 100% track record and I get to teach on all the ebbs and flows of life because I haven't, no, I'm just kidding guys. Um, and I want to be transparent because this chunk of scripture really spoke to me, really convicted me because I'm not very good at this. And that's okay, right? I hope Sean doesn't start sweating and start saying, okay, oh, oh gosh, what is he going to say next? But I'm really not so good at this. And I think it's okay that I say that and be transparent with you all because I'm learning and I'm growing. And I hope everyone in here has a heart and a mind that is wanting to learn and grow closer to Jesus every single day, right? So I want to make it abundantly clear that I do not have this all figured out. And you may be thinking, what on earth could he be talking about? He's so great at everything. I'm just kidding. I'm really, I've got to bring it down a notch. I'm a little braggadocious this morning. It's my coping skill. It's how I cope. I have to talk myself up a little bit. But as soon as we read our main scripture here, in the series of Philippians, where we're going through, you probably will know exactly what I'm talking about. And I even would wager that a lot of you feel the same way about this. So we're going to take a look at Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 through 18. I'm going to open my Bible here. I want to read it in its entirety, and then we're going to discuss it. And we're going to jump around a little bit. But it's going to be great. So let's, before I read it, though, I want to pray. I just want to pray. Um, it just ask that, that God speaks through his word to us this morning. Lord, uh, I'm going to let you do the talking this morning through your word, through your holy, your holy word. Uh, we know that you are alive in this text, in these pages. I just ask that you speak through me and uh, that we can all get a little bit closer to you. And we can just, um, we can go in with open hearts and open minds on this chunk of scripture. In Jesus' name. So, in 14, I'm sorry, 12, I'm sorry, we're going to go to 14 first. 14 through 18. I'm in the NIV on here, and this is the ESV on screen, so bear with me. Do everything without complaining and arguing, so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Hold firmly to the word of life. Then, on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. But I will rejoice, even if I lose my life, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service is an offering to God. And I want all of you to share that joy. Yes, you should rejoice, and I will share your joy. Lord, this is profound, and you have a lot to say in this little bit of scripture. And so Lord, I just pray that we can dig into it, we can decipher it, we can decode it um, as humans and just understand this, this little bit of scripture um, and how to not, not complain, not to dispute, not to grumble. Um, in, your heavenly, in your heavenly name, amen. This is a big one. This is a big one. But why is this so hard? It seems pretty simple, right? Because Paul's commanding it. It's not an option. He's commanding it. Um, don't complain, don't dispute, don't murmur, right? Um, why can't we just be like Paul? It's easier said than done. Why can't we hashtag make Paul happy, right, from last week? They call that a, a callback. Um, but I feel like Pastor Sean should have consulted me on this hashtag because I came up with a way better one. And no, 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 no. It's, I just think you missed out on the alliteration ready? Hashtag make Paul proud. Right? That's a little that's alliteration. And if you're going for triple words or triple alliteration, you could say make Papa Paul proud. No? Just saying. That might be too much. But I know reading this, I'm not alone in my conviction. I know as soon as I read that very first verse, very first sentence, some of you thought of a time where you grumbled or some of you complained, right? Maybe it was last night, maybe it was this morning before you left for church, maybe it was in your head, maybe it was out loud. Our human nature is to be selfish, not to be blameless and innocent. We want to fit into this crooked and twisted generation, not be set apart from it. That's what we want to do. That's what our hearts want to do. And how are we supposed to rejoice and be glad when we can't make Paul proud or sometimes even ourselves proud? How are we supposed to rejoice in that? reading and reflecting on this, I felt challenged to do better, and when I studied this, I, I found it to be even encouraging, these, these, these kind of harsh words, and even though I'm not a pro at being blameless, and, and I, sometimes I fear that I will be on my deathbed, in the very last moments of my life, still figuring this out, not to grumble, not to complain, not to dispute. Um, I want to dive into the scripture and just see what what else we can get from what ca- God is calling us to do through this word. So, and I want to rewind a little bit because last week Sean spoke about working out our faith through fear and trembling in verse 12 and I want to look at this alongside verse 13 so here's verse 13 verses 12 and thir- 13 in Philippians 2 therefore my beloved as you have always obeyed so now not only as in my presence but much more in my absence Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for His good pleasure. So the main idea of this scripture, as that we're taking a look at today, it, it really works alongside what Sean has spoken about last week, because it's a way to work out our salvation. What is a way that we can we can work out our salvation? What is a way that we can bring about effect? Um, or take part in this miracle that is our own salvation how do we even do that what does it look like to work out our salvation so we're gonna look at our main scripture in verses 14 through 18 we see Paul says right away do all things and since there's not a therefore before that there's not a because we can see that Paul is telling us that this is a way to work out your salvation so Paul gives a specific example earlier in this chapter, what Sean had spoken about, and some of the things. Um, but he, I'm not saying he didn't, doesn't mean all things. He does mean all things, but he also references some very specific things. And he says, Jesus did these things really well, so use this as a guideline. Okay, so let's jump back to Philippians 2, verses 3 through 8. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. That's a huge command that Paul's giving us. He's asking us to count others more significant than ourselves. And he also says, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. So don't be just consumed in yourself and what you want or what you need, but others, right? So Paul is saying, put others first, one, and don't be selfish. Okay, that's earlier on. In the chapter. But then he says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Now he's using Christ as an example of this. Who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God to a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself. And he did that without grumbling. Be taking the form of a servant without grumbling. Jesus never grumbled. Being born in the likeness of men, coming down to our level or those lower than himself without grumbling. And being found in human form, he humbled himself without grumbling. To the point of death, oh, sorry, be, by becoming obedient without grumbling, and to the point of death, even death on a cross. Yes, even the death that Jesus died for us, he did that without grumbling. So, yes, all things does mean all things. It does mean all things. But to be people of service, humbly, other-oriented people—that's what Paul's asking us to do. Without grumbling, so he's not just saying, "Take, don't take out the trash without grumbling." Right? He's saying very specifically, think the things that Jesus did and did well, do those things without grumbling or disputing." In Isaiah fifty-three seven, this is a, a, a prophecy of Jesus coming, and it, it's, it talks already about Jesus. Doing sacrifices without grumbling. It says he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth, like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shears is silent. So he opened not his mouth. He never complained. Jesus never grumbled. He never he never um, disputed. He never said, I know better, right? This is a prophecy, and still we see that Jesus never grumbled. I want to look at First Peter chapter two, verses twenty two and twenty-three. This is another example he committed no sin neither was deceit found in his mouth when he was reviled he did not revile in return he didn't open his mouth to complain never left his mouth when he suffered he did not threaten but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly okay i want to look at the next word that is is put in conjunction with grumbling right grumbling or disputing disputing in the greek Translates literally to thoughts, but thoughts on its own, grumbling and thoughts. There's a qualifier that there that sometimes translated as evil thoughts, or um, let me look at this other one here. It says evil thoughts or quarreling. Okay, so there's these two other kind of qualifiers. So we get disputing. But what is an evil thought? What is a thought that is quarreling? It's a thought that doesn't align with what God is saying. It's it's an evil thought that is saying, God, I know better. God, what are you doing to me here? God, why would you do this? That's disputing the Lord, right? And there's a connection here because the disputing, these are thoughts. These are only happening up here in your head, right? They don't come out of your mouth until it's grumbling. So there's a combination of there's disputing and grumbling. So you might be really good at holding your tongue, not saying anything about, well, my life is just Really bad right now, and I don't know what God is doing, and I know better, right? You might not ever say that, but you might be thinking it, because they're still disputing thoughts. So Paul is saying, "Without do all things without grumbling or disputing." So you may be thinking, "I'm already, I'm already really good at, at holding my tongue. I know when to shut up, so to speak, <laughs> right? I know when not when not to say something, but my thoughts, my conversations with God, they're all over the place." And Paul is saying, "Do all things without either of those things." So uh, I want to look at Philippians two fifteen. So the next little bit of this, we, already, we just went through the first little bit, the first little like sentence, half of the sentence. He says, "Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent children of God, without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world." So let's hang out here for a second there's a connection I want to make and let's see if you guys agree with me here so in order for us to work out our salvation we need to do all things without grumbling or disputing and in order for us to be blameless if that's the end goal for us to be blameless and innocent in this crooked place where everyone else is crooked in this dark world we want to shine as lights among them okay Paul is aware that the other people that are not believers that that are fitting in the crooked twisted generation that we live among, amongst right now Crooked place. Paul is aware that they want to react with insult, grumble, dispute. They want to say evil, right? And so I want to look at this passage in Matthew, the Sermon on the Mount. When Jesus says, in chapter 5, verse 11, he said, Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. So they persecuted the prophets who were before you So Jesus gives two examples of this If you remember he gives one about salt and earth And he gives another about light in the world Just like Paul's talking about He says you are the light of the world I think that's verse 16 There, A city set on a hill cannot be hidden Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket But on a stand And it gives light to all in the house same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So there's a pretty direct connection here between grumbling and disputing and rejoicing and being glad. There's a connection. He's saying do all things without this, but instead of this, rejoice and be glad. If you do that, the people who are persecuting you who are part of this dark world will have no idea what to do with you they won't know how to react right but it's only if you give glory to God because you can do good deeds and not give glory to God right we have people that are doing good deeds in this world that are not giving glory to God but when you rejoice and you are glad and you shun this persecution and you do not grumble or dispute and you give it to God that is when you shine, right? So that's what—that's the connection here. So just like Jesus says, "You are lights of the world." Paul writes, "Among whom you shine as lights of the world." It's the same—it's the same connection. At least I believe so. What Paul is saying here is, when you do things without grumbling or disputing, you shine as lights in the world, as stars in the cosmos. Is another translation in that. So in the in in all of space, all of the darkness, you are the lights, and you're shining. You are the lights in the darkness. In a world of darkness you are set apart. You are the only thing that shine. You are the only thing that's set apart. So we're left with the how. How do we do this? How do we work out this way of salvation? Let's read it again. Philippians two, fourteen through sixteen. Do all things without grumbling or disputing. Okay? This is a way that we work out our salvation, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God, without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life. So, if we look at this, doing do all things without grumbling or disputing. Paul is saying the way you work out your salvation is to do all things without grumbling or disputing. If you do that, that next part that you may be blameless and innocent in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, that is the byproduct. If you can do the first part, that's the byproduct. And then Paul says, Here's how you do it, right? He says, While holding fast to the word of life. That's how we do it. That's the answer here. Let me come back to my notes. What will take away the murmuring, the grumbling, the complaining, the disputing thoughts? And this is our answer. What will separate us from the crooked, twisted generation that we're talking about here? What will give us this shiny quality that the rest of the world will see is by holding fast to the word of life. The word of life had a guess maybe it's the gospel the word of life is the gospel and the only reason I say that is because Paul says it earlier in Philippians 1 27 and 28 so let's jump back a little bit and he says in Philippians 1 27 28 only let your manner of life so the way you live only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ so the word of life so let let your manner of life Correspond with the word of life. Let the way you live align with the gospel of Christ. This is a clear sign, this is the rest of this verse, this is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation, and that from God. If you have a manner of life that corresponds with the gospel, your life will shine as a light. Right? So that's how we accomplish this. If we hold fast to the deep true word of life. You become shiny as lights in the world. That's the outcome. All you have to do is hold fast to the word of life. And I want to finish the rest of this verse when Paul says, so that. So the rest of this, let's talk about this. He says, so that. Let's break it down one more time because I think this is really interesting. He says, do all things without grumbling or disputing. And if we go back to the verse right before this, he's saying, work out your salvation through fear and trembling do all things without grumbling or disputing, so that you will be shining and shine as lights in the world by holding fast to the word of life. And so then he says again, so that on the day of Christ I may be poured, I'm sorry, I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain, even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith. I am glad and rejoice with you all. Likewise, you also should Glad and rejoice with me. So Paul says to hold fast, and he says, even if I die, even if I am poured out as an offering, a sacrificial offering, just for your faith, even if I die just for your faith, I want you to hold fast, right? I want, even if I'm, if I'm dead, I want that joy of faith to, to be what you cling to, the joy of faith, a faith that is full of joy, Of faith that your faith and joy can't not be in the same room. That faith. A faith that cannot be joyless. But yet we still grumble and dispute. So is that the faith that Paul's talking about? We we are grumbling and disputing and questioning God. So it's not a a a joy of faith. So the Paul is saying, even if I die, even if I am, am if I'm poured out as an offering that is your joy of faith, I ask that your faith not be joyless. So let me just, so even if I, Paul, die, I ask that you hold to the word of life so that you may, in the day of Christ, so later on when Christ comes back, when all is said and done, that when he makes his kingdom come, I will rejoice with you. That's when Paul's saying, don't let me labor in vain, don't let all my work, don't let my, me go into prison be for nothing hold fast to this word of life because one day I don't want it to be for nothing right he's saying I will rejoice with you I'll rejoice in the fact that you're holding fast to the word of life overcoming the grumbling and disputing I will rejoice in the fact that you will be shining lights in the world of darkness all around you Paul's gonna rejoice and then he calls us to rejoice with him verse 18 says likewise you should also be glad And rejoice with me, right? Just like in Matthew, it says, "Rejoice and be glad at the persecution." If you're grumbling, you're just like everyone else in the world. If you're grumbling and disputing, you're just like the darkness. So he says, uh, just like in Matthew's Matthew five twelve, rejoice and be glad, even in adversity, even when your thoughts want to be evil, even when you want to grumble, when you want it to let when you want it let it escape your mouth, even when. Everywhere else you look, all you see is darkness. Be a light by holding fast to the word of life and shine. He says, rejoice and be glad. Be content in Christ. Is Christ not enough? Be content in Christ because at the end of it all, even if we were to be poured out, just like Paul is saying, even if I am to die today, if I walk out of these doors and something terrible happens and I'm dead, just like Paul says, I have the greatest gift of all. The greatest gift of all. What do I have to grumble about? Where do you find yourself grumbling or disputing? I'm going to invite the worship team on up. You guys can make your way. But where do you find yourself grumbling or disputing in the day-to-day life? Where in your life do you find Christ is not enough? The joy of your faith is not enough to fulfill the grumbling or the disputing that is, is happening in your head all the time. Where is Christ not enough? And what can you do to hold fast to the word of life today? What does that look like for you? How, can you? how can you clutch this, the gospel, and say that this is enough for me? What can you do to hold fast to that word of life? Like Paul is challenging us. The whole book of Philippians is about being content in Christ. And this is a big part of it right here. Don't grumble. Don't dispute. Hold fast to the word of life because I want you to shine like lights. Just like Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount, I want you to shine like lights. So what can you do today? What can you do today that's going to bring you closer to this and less like the darkness all around us? What can you do tomorrow? What can you do this week? I want to pray for everyone this morning. Lord, I just, I submit... This morning, I submit our lives, I submit our faith to you. We read these, these scriptures, um, this word that you have spoken into our lives, you've given us to use as a handbook for, for our day to day journey and getting closer to you. And you have clearly spoken that we should not grumble, we should not dispute. We should look towards your word, we should cling to the gospel, even when everywhere else around us is saying, Give into the darkness give in to the complaining, give in to the persecution. And when we do that, we can shine like lights in the cosmos of darkness. So I just pray, Lord, that you speak to us this morning. You speak to us and make it clear what what does it look like for us to cling to your word this week. Maybe we need to spend more time in our community, or maybe we need to spend more time with our children, our brothers, our sisters, and And dig into the, the tools that you have given us in our life. And Lord, I just challenge that every person that can hear my voice, instead of grumbling or disputing, can turn away from that and cling to you. Because at the end of the day, no matter what happens, whether we have life, whether we have breath in our lungs or not, you are enough. You have given us the gift of salvation. So really, what do we have? Lord, we love you. I just pray that someone is touched this morning by this word. I pray that you continue to speak through us this week, speak to us this week, and give us new ways to cling to your your gospel, to your word of